Tribute of the Breaking Balls way in front of a crowd of very few because social distancing is still in, in effect. But tonight we're, we're real excited because we're bringing back Eric from like the first episode. I mean, so early in the game, he was like, like the minus one episode, and it's his darn fault that we started doing my chemical romance questions. If it weren't for this guy, we wouldn't have that. Though we did get one email saying they liked my Michael Cramp stuff, and it was from one of their moms. You know. But anyway, we're here to play a little trivia baseball. This is my chance to uh, introduce the star of the show, a guy who doesn't understand why people are in such a rush to get back out of the economy. In his own words, so you've had to wait 10 weeks for a haircut. You know how long I've waited? It's my friend and yours, the Five Minute Professor. Thank you very much, Doug. That is, of course, Doug the Urban Baboon. You can find out more about Doug at Urban Baboon on the Twitverse uh, or your uh, Urban Baboon at Gmail. Uh, I am the 5-Minute Professor. You can find me on Facebook at 5-Minute Professor. You can find me at YouTube at 5-Minute Professor. You can find me right here hosting live trivia, which is recorded and then played back whenever the hell you want which is not exactly the same as live trivia. But for the players, the game is live. But the most live of all is our presenter, the person who will be asking the questions this evening, the lovely and talented, and some for some reason on the Skype call, she changed the angle of her camera. It's Tracy Perry. Ooh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So happy to be here. It's very exciting. It's been a good day. It's been a good week so far. It's, what is it, week seven or nine or 36 of quarantine? I can't tell. It's time different. has no meeting. <laughs> it really doesn't. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. But what I'm doing is every week I'm trying to try something new. So yesterday, as Bill knows, I cut I'm trying to I'm trying to like learn new skills and be be great at things. And I found out yesterday when I cut Eliza's hair, Eliza is 10, as if you don't know, Bill's daughter. So I, we played salon. I gave I cut about three and a half inches off of her hair. Which is not I, how you play salon. That's how you are a salon. You play was, salon by pretending to cut oh, people's hair. See that that that's what I didn't do. I didn't do it right. I didn't play it right. But <laughs> You know what I found out about cutting hair with me is that I am not awesome at it. <laughs> You're good. So it's, You're good. it's best to find that out on someone else. And you know, it's that's what it is. It's all alert. This quarantine, we learn things we're good at. Uh, yeah. No, it's actually not bad, but it could be a little straighter in the back. But she can't see the back, so what the hell does it matter? But, I have um, also so, yeah. been told I could be a little straighter in the back. <laughs> I wasn't oh, sure what kind of show this was, which is the only reason I didn't say that myself. <laughs> well, well I don't know where to go, so, David. Yes, it is. This is going to be. This is going to be good. So there you go. Happy to be here, and I'm not cutting hair uh, anymore, <laughs> except maybe yours. But uh, well, hey, but you know what? It doesn't back hair needs to get cut. <laughs> 
Well, it's interesting that you bring up all of these stories because one of our contestants, his mother is a professional hairdresser and knows how much work goes into doing it well. It is the lovely and talented first son of mine. It is Eric Keevan. Eric is back. Yay! Eric is up in Seattle. Now, normally what happens, well, I'll I'll tell the story in a second. Uh, I don't have to ask Eric to write a synopsis of who he is because Eric is a person I have known every single second of his life. I have known him from the very first moment that he came into this world. He is up in Seattle, Washington, where he has been in lockdown for longer than anyone. When does it start getting better, Eric? Uh, it uh, doesn't. That's oh, damn. The, the secret, <laughs> they keep expanding it. Uh, we are now in until at least the 31st of May. Holy cow. Uh, so just going longer, uh, out here on the West coast, but on the plus side, um, no one around me has it. So it's clearly working the way it's supposed to. Uh, so of course that's up in Seattle, which is a pretty major city here in Florida. Uh, we're dealing with the fact that, uh, it's really been affecting South Florida and not so much central Florida. Uh, There's only 35, well, I say only 35, there've been 35 deaths in Orange County which is small compared to the number of deaths in South Florida, in the Miami uh, and Fort Lauderdale area. Uh, but uh, we're, we're loosening things up now just to see how that goes. You guys are doing the responsible thing up there in the Pacific Northwest, and we're playing it like it's the Wild West you, down you here gotta, in Florida. Like the, choice. the choice to open things up <laughs> the weekend before it's supposed to peak in, in Florida. Like, yeah, we see the peak is May 8th. This is a good time to open things up. Well, you know what? You you do what you got to do. Eric is, uh, of course, perfect for this role. Uh, Eric has colored a lot of my uh, trivia writing over the years because uh, Eric lived with me throughout his high school years, and he lived in the same state that I was in for his college years. And then he said, How can I get as far away from both of my parents as possible? And uh, since his mom lives in Massachusetts and I'm in Florida, he went to Seattle because there's no place in the United States where he could be further away from the both of us. I could have moved to uh, Portland. Probably would have been a little bit more in the middle, a little further away from Massachusetts. Uh, Maybe a little hut on the Aleutian Islands. (laughs) You can dig a really deep hole. (laughs) Uh, but you've been up there. You like it there. Right now, he's working for Amazon. Uh, and with Amazon, you investigate uh, ne'er-do-wells. Am I correct? Uh, yes. I specifically uh, review people that spell their name with apostrophes after <laughs> <Anna> <laughs> I can see where that would be a problem. Now, one of the things which I normally do is uh, part of the, the pre- enrollment for people on this game and you folks don't know this we've had a number of different jeopardy contestants play on this game so they played on jeopardy they played on us and then they recommended their friends so uh (laughs) in the not terribly distant future we will be the home for female jeopardy winners will be when you retire from winning on jeopardy you go to breaking balls trivia uh because we've got about six more shows lined up with contestants that are 
female winners on Jeopardy, which is amazing. And these people are fantastic. Uh, and so we're, we won't be comparing you against them at all during the, today's right. show. Uh, but when that happens, I've got to ask them questions about themselves because they've got to give me some information because I don't know them. But it turns out that I know Eric every second of his life, and I've known David for almost every hour of his life. Uh, David is my youngest brother, David Keevan. The Keevan facing off against each other. What a lot of people don't know is that for most of Eric's life, where he's been in charge of making decisions about himself, He's tried to come up with a way to be a slightly cooler version of David. Yeah, <laughs> Not <I'm> difficult. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How can you get cooler than David? Impossible. So here's what I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping that our voices don't sound enough alike that it's confusing who's talking. Uh, because sometimes I hear Eric talk and I say, hey, he kind of sounds like me. And sometimes I hear David talk and I hear, hey... He kind of sounds like me, but since I will definitely know what I'm talking about, I'll be the one who sounds like they know what they're talking about. <laughs> Don't count That's on perfect. It. I'm usually clueless. <laughs> <laughs> so, David, David, you are uh, most recently in the employ of a large entertainment conglomerate that lost $1.4 billion in the most recent quarter. How's that going? Great. Furlough's awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, David works for the Disney theme park here in Florida. And when he moved down here in 96, he uh, not... No, two, you, 2006. 2006. Yeah, I was like, that is way... I moved down ago. here in 96. You, two, you guys moved down there in uh, 2006. Um, David is a man so committed to living with his mother that his mother moved 1,100 miles and David still lived with his mother. That's and I still get women. I don't understand. <laughs> well, no, but nobody, nobody gets it. <laughs> Desperation. It comes in all forms. <laughs> all right, so let me tell you what we're going to be doing today. Uh, we're going to be playing our game, which is Breaking Balls Trivia. I'm going to be giving you the short version of the rules. There's a much more detailed version of our rules and strategy on our podcast page. If you want to, you can listen for 27 minutes as to the best way to play this game. If you don't want to, come by and play by the seat of your pants because that's how the rest of us do it. We're going to start our game at the top of the ninth inning. The score is tied. Doug, I have a question for you. What is the score of today's game? How many weeks have we been doing this, Professor? It's 0-0. Zero, <laughs> zero. It's always oh, been 0-0. Zero, zero. It's never been anything but 0-0. Zero, zero. He asks me this question every week. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Man, <laughs> that's maybe it could be like eight eight. eight. Maybe yeah. it could be like eight eight. It could be like nine nine eight eight. You know, yeah, we fix it that. up. <laughs> the problem I with think... that would be that if you compare your score versus somebody else's, you got to like add in the three points that we gave them. So we like it to be zero zero. Functionally oh tied. I have to say something different every time. I thought I'd try surliness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it will be really work. Qu- I'll do something different. I actually. Time. I did. I don't think I hated it. I think yeah. you, you had some. You had some real passion there, and I like the passion. So here's what's going to happen. <laughs> there will be ten questions for each of you. They're numbered one to ten. They're worth a variety of values. Five of them are singles. They have one answer. Three of them are doubles. They have two answers. There's also a triple and a home run. The scoring is like baseball. We don't count right answers. We count runs. Each wrong answer is an out. Three outs. 
and you're out of the game. That's a simple version of our game. Here's the first twist. Tracy will not be reading the questions in the order that I wrote them. She will be asking them in the order that your opponent chooses. So, David, you'll be choosing the order of Eric's questions. Eric, you'll be choosing the order of David's questions. Here are the topics for today's game. We have a category on the top hits of 1997. <laughs> we, have, we have the category of Matt Skiba. We have Richie Valens. We have Harvey Keitel. We have Bobby Valentine, baseball player and manager. Dennis Rodman, basketball player and human freak. We have questions about today's lecture. We also have questions on the Mexican-American War, which is declared in May of 1846. We have questions that David requested on the Game of Thrones. We have questions about Game of Thrones. And, of course, we also have questions about pap smears. That was figured, my recommendation. I figured <laughs> I, I couldn't get a better group of people oh, yeah. to ask questions about the pap smear. Mm. It, it, I got to tell you guys, how many, an how many answers are just gross? <laughs> the, the the seminal punk band the germs their lead guitarist name was pat smear and he did go on to play with like uh red hot chili peppers and jane's addiction and stuff so yeah it's not about that guy about him. could be but it's no. not <laughs> the germ could be maybe in that 1997 question uh, <laughs> the lead singer of the germs had already killed himself he made if you ever kill yourself learn from darby crash and do not kill yourself the day before John Lennon gets shot, because no one will remember you. That's good advice. Good advice. Yeah. <laughs> you also have three available... I'm going to try and save this now. You also have three available <laughs> options to help you navigate through the questions. You can take a pitch, you can foul off a pitch, or you can look down to the third base coach for a clue. Doug will be available as a bench coach to help you with your assistance options and baseball strategy. Yep. Gentlemen, there is no prize for winning. But in this case, there will be a prize because one of you will lord this over the other for as long as you remember it. The loser, however, will sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Gentlemen, are we prepared for today's contest? Uh, yeah, you said that there's no winning, um, but is there crying? There yeah. is no crying. I appreciate you checking on that. <laughs> why, why uh, after hearing the categories, I'm a baseball. solid 40%. <laughs> All right, we're going to get started with today's lecture. So here's how this is going to go. I'm going to give you a lecture. Pay as much attention as you can. David, I'm talking to you. Pay I'm as much asleep. attention as you can. I say that because I'm going to lift a question directly from my lecture and ask it of you again later. This is good for a base hit. Just if you pay some attention. As a little yeah, I was going to say, if you saw the notes that the Jeopardy people took, you'd be, like, inspired to take a lot of notes, <laughs> like, just copious notes. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if you yeah. noticed this. You said that you are going to have a lot of female um, Jeopardy winners on. Yes. You instead have um, male losers on the show today. I was going to say balance. Yeah, you yeah. want to balance it off. Can't all be smarty pants. At the end of the lecture, there's going to be a closest to the pin question, which will determine home field advantage in our game. Then we're going to take a short break. Here is today's topic. 
And I chose today's topic once I knew who my participants was. Was? Were. All right. I'm ready. I've got a pen, paper, and a French-English dictionary to write on. (laughs) That may be helpful. Today's topic, Bangkok. Now, Bangkok is a great name, but it's not the city's real name. The city's real name is more or less Krung Thep Maha Nakhon. And, and to be fair, I don't speak Thai, but the real name of the city is unbelievably long, and it translates to this in English. City of Angels, City of Great Immortals, Magnificent City of the Nine Gems, Seat of the King, City of Royal Palaces, Home of Gods Incarnate, Erected by Viskvarkarma at Hindra's behest. Or we can go with Bangkok. Bangkok, more or less, means city by the stream. Yep. <laughs> so we Everyone got a knows that. We can go by either one of these. Bangkok means more or less city by the stream. And the metropolitan region is known as Bangkok. In the city, it's more or less known as Krung Thep. That's like that restaurant we go to, Bill. That really great Thai food place is Krung Thep, named for Bangkok. The capital city of Thailand is Krung Thep or Bangkok. Thailand has never been occupied by Western forces, and they take great pride in that. At no time did any of the Western entities overrun Thailand. Now, if an Asian country does it, they're fine. But none of the Western, no European country and no North American country has overrun Bangkok, and they're very proud of that. Bangkok is the capital. It's also the most important city in Thailand. Over half of the nation's GDP runs through Bangkok, and a quarter of the country's population lives and works in and around Bangkok, a city of 14 million people. Bangkok is very modern and very crowded. It has 42 hospitals. It has 106,050 licensed cabs, another 60,000 motorcycle cabs, and 9,000 licensed motorized tricycle cabs. You can get a ride there, is what I'm saying. They also have an extensive public transportation system with buses, trains, and water taxis. Year-round, the temperatures in Bangkok range from a high of 95 to a low of 72. Hmm. They have a six-month monsoon season. They get about 54 inches of rain per year, most of that in August and September. It's a constitutional monarchy. The current king is King Rama X. He replaced his father in the year 2016 when his father died after having been in power for nearly 70 years. But when you say Bangkok to me, I think of, David... Sex tourism. Technically, prostitution is not legal in Bangkok. But that was really a concession to Western attitudes of the 19th century. Sex tourism is accepted, but not promoted in Bangkok. And speaking of the girls, and I'm going to say mainly girls because it's a predominantly female sex trade, but not exclusively. Uh, Most escorts are from villages in the north. And they're in the sex trade so they can send money back home. And it's considered to be blue-collar work. 
for women. <laughs> the average price for an independent freelancer, that's what we're going to call them, an independent freelancer, 500 to 1500 of the local currency, which is about 15 to $46. Versus uh, girls, the average price for girls in America is listed as $150 per hour. An expat, in case you're unfamiliar with the term, is a person who lives in a foreign country. People who come to Thailand for the sex trade, and the reason I made sure you knew what expat was, is so that you know that they call the people that go to Thailand specifically to participate in the sex trade are called sexpats. <laughs> you if know, I was wondering when I was watching Bill do his research today. <laughs> he was just giggling. He asked me to leave the room at one point i'm like what are you researching well now it's all very clear okay he had to research is a very research loose, off of pornhub term. <laughs> yes, yes. he was using all kinds of window uh, yeah no go on <laughs> so many cookies so what, so what i'm saying is it's accepted just like people accept crazy relatives but i don't know any of those <laughs> In case you're curious, there have been 55 deaths from COVID-19 so far across the country, only 23 of them in Bangkok. It seems to be pretty well contained in an Asian nation of 12 million people. The Buddhist philosophy of the middle path involves being accepting of everything. The Buddhist philosophy is that it is not my right to be able to judge other people. As a result, I must accept other people. And if you're doing it right, if you're doing this Buddhist philosophy of the middle path correctly, you accept everything. And culturally, that's why the Thai are so generally accepting of a lot of things which Western culture finds different, like homosexuality. And for a long time, the transgendered. It's why Thailand was a place where people used to go for transgender surgery before it was accepted as a Western uh, procedure. That is the end of the lecture for today. I hope you've learned something. Gentlemen, we are going to now do a closest to the pin question. Eric, since you've played the game before, you get to go first. I'm going to ask okay. you a question. You're going to give me a number. It is okay to go over. Who's ever closest will win. According to MasterCard, which is who I go to for all of my information about all things, according to MasterCard, how many million tourists visited Bangkok in 2019? According to MasterCard, how many million tourists visited Bangkok in 2019? Uh, 80 million. He says 80 million. Eric says 80 million. David, you have a chance now to choose another number who's ever closest will win. I will do 121 million. I'm going to throw this out there, David. There's a chance that you, there's only two of you. If you think it's higher, you could have just said 81 million. You could have done that. I could I'm have. I'm now do math. You put me in a situation thing. where math could be something I need to do. I'm going to make Tracy do the math. I actually don't know the answer, so I don't uh, think Isn't I can. I mean, isn't it 80 and 120? Like the middle points in 100 million, right? That's not like. Listen, mister. Oh, I'm giving him a hard time. <laughs> the right answer, however, is 22.8 million, which makes oh. the math easy. Eric will be the home team when we come back from this break. 
He will be choosing the order of the questions for David's team. By the way, Eric's team is Seattle Strikes Back. They are the home team, Seattle Strikes Back. When we come back, taking the at-bat in the top of the ninth, in your endo. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Breaking Balls Trivia with the five-minute professor. This is Breaking Balls Trivia, hosted by me. I am the five-minute professor and produced in association with the Lenny Melnick Sports.com network. You can reach me, the professor, by joining my 5-Minute Professor Facebook group. I have both a group and I have a page. Join them both. Spell out 5-Minute Professor. If you can't spell professor, I am actively hiding from you. Also, Doug from the Dugout, who is our host, uh, can be reached via Twitter at Urban Baboon, at Urban Baboon on Twitter. And if you would be so kind, please go and rate and review this podcast wherever you may be listening to it. Now, let's get back to the game. This is Breaking Balls Trivia with a five-minute professor. I am that five-minute professor. We are in the top of the ninth. It is a tightly contested game so far. It is zero to zero. Coming to the plate here in the top of the ninth, now that we've brought in a relief specialist, And you know how good the Red Sox are with their bullpen. So I expect a lot of runs in this inning is what's going to happen. Uh, Eric, you get to choose which number we are going to use first. Uh, A number between 1 and 10. Of course, this is a strategy which is designed to make it so if the hard questions come up first and the easy questions come up later, it is not my fault. Uh, So, Eric, where do we start? (laughs) Uh, I'm thinking number seven. Ooh, all right. Lucky, you know, it's so funny. Everyone picks number seven as their first question. It's, it's just amazing. So question number seven, David, is for a double. Harvey Keitel has played a title role in what two films? One in 1976, in which Bill Cosby played Mother Tucker, and one in 1990, where Jack Nicholson played J.J. Giddis. Harvey Keitel has played a title role in what two films? One is in 76 and one is in 90. And you can answer one, one or both. Yeah. Uh, well, goodness, I, I think one is probably Bad Lieutenant. I'm trying to think movies where Harvey Keitel plays a lead. With, with it being your first uh, batter, it doesn't really matter if you get a double here. The guy's probably going to get knocked in by the other eight, nine questions afterwards. It's not going to change things a lot. Don't stretch it. My advice is don't stretch it if you don't feel comfortable with the second answer. And I think it's important that you listen to the clues as well. One is from 1976, where Bill Cosby played Mother Tucker. And the other one is from 1990, where Jack Nicholson played a character named J.J. Giddis. You know, I really don't know. (laughs) Mother Tucker. Do not say that one five times fast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, you do you do have you 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 can you can just let it be an out, which is really no big deal. You could theoretically wipe it clean by taking this pitch because you have no idea, or if you think a clue might help, you can check for signs. Based on what you guys are what you're saying, I don't really think I wouldn't suggest going for the clue. I'd say either take the out or wipe wipe this off the map unless you have. 
unless you feel that I'm misjudging what you know. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm going to feel like an idiot when I hear the answers, but oh, uh, I think I'm just going to go ahead. No, I don't think he, these are not, I don't know these films either. And I, I yeah, and I know stuff about films. Well, such. But <laughs> I, I want you to know, and, and Tracy, you don't know David the way I know David. David knows a lot of facts about films, and he's great at the game where you go from director to actor, actor to actor, based on the film that they're in. And I, can't even, I can't even name a Harvey Keitel film that I think he was the lead in. I didn't say well, he was the lead. Oh, he's he played the title. title character. Oh, that's different. A little can, bit. But... Can we say any movie that um, has a like non-existent title character, like Harvey, could have been played by... <laughs> uh, <Harvey> okay. <laughs> Uh, you know, Waiting for Godot. Yeah. He was Godot. Well, I mean, I mean, your, your bad lieutenant thing doesn't sound that awful. Was and That's got to be 1990, right, if it's one of the two. Was it? Uh, was the other guy in it? Jack Nicholson was in bad lieutenant? I doubt that. Yeah, that's a... Uh... Sorry, don't mean to mislead you. I was up late. No, no, no I, 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 I think I'm just going to take the out because I, I, I don't know. So, so you'll have to place a guess. If you're going to take the out, if you want to take the pitch, that's using one of your helps. And so you can take the pitch. Then you have no outs. No, I, I think I'll just take the out on this one. I'll save yeah. the pitch for later. All right, so what what make one guess then? Oh, uh, Bad Lieutenant. Here's the windup. Here's the pitch. Pop fly in the infield. Second baseman's under it. There's one out. There's nobody on. J.J. Giddis. Um, it turns out J.J. Giddis is a famous character played by Jack Nicholson. However... No one calls him JJ. They call him Jake. Oh, so he was the other okay. Jake? And Harvey Keitel was the other Jake ah. in 1990s, the two Jakes. Yeah. Yep. And I really kind of thought, because this is the kind of movie that, David, I would think you would just have spinning around in your head someplace. There was a movie where Bill Cosby, Harvey Keitel, and Raquel Welch are the title characters, and the movie is mother mother is bill cosby jugs is raquel welch and speed is harvey keitel well i have never heard of any of those movies so you've never heard of my list you never heard of the two jakes Jakes to uh chinatown and that's why i recognized the last name giddis was i was like wait a second his name's jake not jj he's no i uh jake giddis I'll have to uh, put those into my queue and watch those while I'm not working. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, great first pitch, David. Uh, A movie question. And I really thought, no offense, David, I thought that one would be easy for you. This was one of the easy questions. When when it came up to Harvey (laughs) Keitel, I was like, I know all sorts of Harvey Keitel films. I did not know either of those. Oh, you're going to hate it when you hear David's, uh, when you hear Eric's question. By the way, this is probably going to happen throughout the balance of the day. <laughs> Eric, in your lifetime, how many times have I called you David? Uh, probably more times than you've actually called me by my actual name. <laughs> <laughs> because David is my youngest brother. He was born when I was in high school. So when there's a kid around, it's a version of David. And 
And really, it does not get any more of a version of David with my nephews than Eric. <laughs> I actually really like it when um, our mother gets mad at me because she just starts at the top and starts yelling names till she gets to me. So I've got a minute before I find out that I'm in trouble. Because uh, for those of you who don't know, Bill happens to have five siblings. So uh, and me being the youngest, it takes a while to get to me when it's, uh, you know, both first and middle names. And she's lucky uh, with the first two because the middle names are the same as the first name. So she just goes, you know, William oh, James, okay. William. <laughs> it's like a quick palindrome. All right. We're going to move on. Uh, there's one out. There's nobody on. Who's up next? Where do we go, David? Uh, Eric. Eric. <laughs> we are going with number nine. Question number nine for a single. In 2009 and 2013, Dennis Rodman appeared as a losing contestant on what TV competition show? In 2009 and 2013, Dennis Rodman appeared as a losing contestant on what TV competition show? Oh. Dennis Rodman. Mm. Of course, reality TV shows, a thing I don't watch. Mm. Uh, now, um, I, uh, I think that it's important that we clarify this. This is a competition show. It is not reality. No one pretends it's reality. It is a competition show. They compete against each other. There is no reality. <laughs> this was one of the good ones, too. I liked that show. I know that's not really. I, I know it's weird, right? I like that show. Well, now it makes I makes me want to say Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> I, you know, uh, I don't know if you it's... have any uh, suggestions here, Doug, for strategy. <laughs> Get the answer right. No, I, um... <laughs> <laughs> it's. I mean, it, it, the, functionally, it's the same as the last time. You you have options. You can make an out. You can. Uh, if you have two possible guesses, if you have a, a backup, you think this could be it, could be something else, there's the foul ball, which allows you to have a second guess. But the truth This is, one has a great clue. Everything about this. Oh, that, that's all he's, he's trying to say. Why don't you mm. take the clue? Is, is you know what? Why don't I take the clue? Why don't I look take down it. to that third base coach? <laughs> and I'm not recommending that, by the way. That's him. <laughs> here's the clue. Both times when he lost, he was fired. Oh, so I was right. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I want to go ahead and uh, for my last answer here, say Celebrity Apprentice. Here's the windup. Here's the pitch. Ground ball through the right side of the infield. That's going to get a runner on to first. There's one out. There's one on. It's still nothing, nothing here in the top of the ninth. Well, I feel like I did better than last time. So <laughs> You got one right. <laughs> But now you don't have the clue, but that was a good clue. I thought that clue would lead you in the right direction. That was giving the answer to the question. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like so far out of all the things that I experience with entertainment, you have managed to find a vein of things I just don't care about. Between Dennis Rodman and shows like about celebrities doing crap I don't care about. Just wait. Just wait. You're only two just questions wait. in. There's more things you don't care about to come. That's my <laughs> All right, where am I going now? Let's question go to number five. Question number five for a double. 
Matt Skiba has been a guitarist for which two bands with top 40 hits on the U.S. alternative charts since 1998? Matt Skiba has been a guitarist for which two bands with top 40 hits on the U.S. alternative charts since 1998? I you know, know this one. You know what? You know what? I, I have no idea who Matt Skiba is. Therefore, I know the answer to this question. <laughs> well, I don't know. Because when I think about you said earlier, it no makes me want to say are. My Chemical Romance. Oops. No. Uh, and while I understand that, don't don't take that personally. <laughs> so you do you do have the option of, of of course answering the question wrong. You have the option of of <laughs> the option to answer it wrong. You still, you still, you still have the uh, really to take I a pitch. Yeah. You have the option of just leaving, putting down your <laughs> microphone, walking away from this right now. There's a lot there's a lot out there on your plate. Um all right, well I also don't know who Matt Skiba is, but Eric does. Yes. Yes. So, so, so based yes, on yes, your so knowledge this, of Eric, what band yeah, do you think that is, might be? Yeah, this is a good clue that I know who it is <laughs> might give you a hint. But I have to get both of them, right? No, you no. you only need to get one, and then it's right. Oh, well, good. Then point, I want to say My Chemical Romance. <laughs> Here's the windup. Here's the pitch. Sharply hit line drive into left field, and the left fielder's going to track this down before it gets to the wall. He's going to bounce off the wall. What a fantastic catch out in left center field. There are now two outs and a runner on first base. It is now... Zero to zero here in the top of the ninth oh, inning. Oh, man. That definitely kept a runner from getting into scoring position. There's and, two outs. And it keeps the legend of Mike Romance alive for this show. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eric, what yes. are the two right answers? He's been in six bands, but only two of them had top 40 hits. So, uh... The first band that is the uh, big band that he was a part of for a long time, um, and still is, is Alkaline Trio. Um, the reason why it's imp- uh, why I was saying that the fact that I know it was important is because my very first tattoo that I ever got was the Alkaline Trio symbol on my left shoulder. Because <laughs> um, I was real cool as a kid. Uh, <laughs> Then the new band is he is the guitarist that replaced Tom DeLonge in Blink-182, and they released T-shirts because nobody knew who that was uh, that said, who the F is Matt Skiba? That's that's what we were asking. (laughs) (laughs) That's what David was asking. So, so here's the thing. So, yeah, Alkaline Trio, Blink-182, absolutely correct. Um, now, here's the question I have for you. Now, this is not the band where somebody came up to you at the merchandise table after the concert. That was... Flogging Molly. Flogging Molly, right? Okay. I have actually, at this point, met a lot of other people from bands, uh, but no one from Alkaline Trio. All right. Uh, so... So far, Eric, your pitching is spectacular. <laughs> Where do we go next? Let's say number two. Oh, we're Our, finally hitting an ooh. even number. Yeah, question number two is actually for a triple. Ooh. 
The first season of Game of Thrones was filmed on location in what three countries? And I think you're probably going to know this. The first the first season of Game of Thrones was filmed on location in what three countries? And I and just have to get one. You yeah, just have I was to get say one, but the... you yeah. could get three if you want. It's very important you don't make it out here because if you make it out, the inning's over. If you know one, you're good. There's no point to push this unless you really know it because you really need a base runner desperately. So if I say like three countries and one's wrong, they're out. As long as one's right, no. When you get one wrong, you'll you'll have okay. uh, the guy will have, have have run to second and he'll be out trying for third and your inning will be over. It will be exciting, but you'll still be done. <laughs> so if you think you know one, like if you know one for sure, just yeah. give the one. I'm, I'm, That's. I'm, yeah, don't, don't make a wrong answer. I want to say, because I just saw a video where they were talking about how parts of uh, this glacier in Iceland, they were filming Game of Thrones. But I don't know. It was a YouTube video, so I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> There's no pressure, so, guy. If you get it wrong, you just go home. All right, cool. <laughs> then you're already there. <laughs> no. I'm going to say Iceland. Here's the windup. Here's the pitch. Sharply hit ground ball. Shortstop has it. Steps on the bag to retire the side. Oh, he fouled it Ireland. off. Did he follow it off? Hold on. He What'd fouled it. I think he fouled. It hit you the foul. you know pole. Hit the pole thing. Hit the pole <laughs> at second base. Uh, did, what was your second guess? Uh, well, I did say I should have gone with Ireland, but. I'm going to let you use your foul ball, and this time that ground ball makes it through the infield into center field. Uh, yeah, it's it must actually have been later seasons they filmed in in Iceland. Yes, yeah. Well, in they the they're season. not at the wall for a lot in the uh, the first season. Um, they spend a lot of time in the wall. Uh, you know, seasons four or five. Yeah, so it would make sense that they would need to be like there. Yeah, yeah, most of the first season was filmed at um, castles and ruins in and around Northern Ireland. Uh, there's one scene that was for the pilot that was filmed in Scotland. And then they used Malta for a number of uh, places to record. So Northern Ireland, Scotland and Malta are the right answers. And you are still alive with two outs. Oof. And there's still the take a pitch, so if you really don't know, you're going to want to take the pitch. Where do we go next? Um, We are going to go with number six. Are you Question. rolling a ten-sider? <laughs> I am rolling a ten-sided die to decide. And you've, and you've rolled different some... numbers? Yep. Just I have not repeated any numbers yet. Um, I'm just putting some, like, true chaos I love into it. this situation. Interesting. I love it. It means that there's, right. there's, a, there's an alternate timeline where David is doing well. <laughs> I think I have good I have good hope that you're going to get this one. All right, question number six is for a double. Richie Valens had what two top five hits before he turned 18 years of age? Richie Valens had what two top five hits before he turned 18 years of age? David, to scare you off? He's, he's no, in deep thought. I, he's in deep thought. 
Because I'm like, of course I know like the big boppers hit and uh, <laughs> you know this guy. That song. one in my. You for sure know one of these songs, and you're probably yeah. familiar with both of them. Yeah, everybody. It's, the, the one of his songs is probably one of like the five most well-known songs. And like in fact, everybody. they made a movie about him, and they named it after this song. Can I say who's in the movie? Sure. sure. Lou, Diamond, David. Lou Diamond Phillips yep. plays Richie Valens, and I thought he was so cute. I was in love. Sorry, I'm sorry, Bill, but the guy is cute. How is it? Lou Diamond Phillips Hold on cute. one second. Hold on one second. I, I need He's to cute. call her out on this. this no, I'm fine with Lou Diamond Phillips having been cute. Mm-hmm. The guy who came to repair my refrigerator today, I would have been a lot. I would have felt a lot better if I wasn't told he was cute. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of a world where I would get to just say random women are cute and this, get away with it. It doesn't <laughs> exist. It's in the alternate world where I'm doing well in this game. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had I had this in my in my first. It's just guy thing. In my first marriage, it's a true story. My my wife said. Uh, you know, I, I really think that Scott Beckley is an attractive man. Is there, is there someone out there that you like? And I said, you know that girl you work with, Stacy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no. That's the answer that was your first marriage, right? <laughs> yeah, that clean thing going on. I thought it was pretty hot. But, yeah, All right. Wrong uh, David, we have uh, uh, given you enough time. <laughs> what do you think you have for an answer? I want to say La Bamba. Here's the windup. Here's the pitch. Ground ball right up the middle. A runner is coming around from second base. He is going to score a run. There is now a run in. There's two outs. There's runners on first and second. He was off on the pitch, and the ball made it through the infield. No throw, no play. They held up the runner at second base. It is now one to nothing in uh, in Urendo. Leaving <laughs> Seattle strikes back. I thought you were to say in the inning, and you said in the en- in your endo. In your endo. In your endo. I love right. that team. Where do we go next? Uh, we're going to three this time. Question number three for a single. Pap smears. Incidentally, gross. My, <laughs> my, gross. my favorite type of smear. <laughs> are conducted I like, I like, I on what part of the female anatomy? Pap smears are conducted on one part of the female anatomy. Now, how how specific do I have to be? Uh, I'm pretty specific here in my answer. Because uh, uh, they, they take cells from a specific part of the body. You uterine still have lining. To take a pitch. You still have the take a pitch option if you don't feel you have a good guess. I, But I feel like... I know you don't know women. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that I think that he's trying to save you a little bit and telling you that, that it, you know there's there's a bunch of parts there, many of which many of which we just don't really care too much about. We really don't know how these things work. You're many probably... of which I have been told not to poke with a stick in the past. <laughs> yeah, I'm willing You're to give you a clue on this, one. David. I'm going to give you a clue on this. Um, I. This is the part of the body that can become effaced. It is the part of the body that can become effaced. I feel like I said it already, but like, 
if I you had, I wouldn't have kept this up. Yeah, I, I, I think well, I think that you can read into into his into the professor's demeanor that you're gonna get this wrong if you go forward. Yeah, I'm just can I I'll just take the pitch. <laughs> you can take the pitch. Eric, since you are my oldest, uh, do you know the part of the body that can be effaced? No. Tracy, do you know the part of the um, body that can be evaded? Yes, I think I do. Yes? I think it's the cervix. It is. That would have been my it, it, <laughs> Childbirth effacement is a thinning of the cervix, and then uh... it dilates. Effaced and then dilated. It's the cervix. All right. I, I expected that to be a tough question. So gross. Basically. <laughs> yeah. There's two outs. There's two on. There's one. You can't right see, David. Home. You can't be saying that parts of women are gross. You know, like you know, if you're if you're saying that you're not parts that everybody great are with gross. women, so that could be why. <laughs> you have to be all accepting. Where do we go part. next? Yeah, I'm not taking the middle road. <laughs> number one. All right. Question number one for a single. Which Mexican general? returned from exile in Cuba to lead the Mexican defenses during the Mexican-American War. Which Mexican general returned from exile in Cuba to lead the Mexican defenses during the Mexican-American War? And I can say this with some surety. If you know one Mexican general, it's this guy. Then Santa Ana. Here's the wind-up. Here's the pitch. It's a blue... Second base was going back. He's not going to get there. It's going to fall in. Runners were holding at their bases as the uh, ball falls in. The bases are now loaded. There's two outs. It is one to nothing here in the top of the ninth inning. It is indeed General Santa Ana. All right. Next stop, Eric. Number eight. (laughs) Question number eight. Ooh, for a home run. Ooh, changed the game. Good. This could this could be it right here. Bobby Valentine played for what four teams from 1969 to 1979 that played their home games in the Pacific Time Zone? Bobby Valentine played for what four teams from 1969 to 1979 that played their home games in the Pacific Time Zone? Yeah, he actually played for a fifth team which wasn't in the Pacific time zone, which is why I wrote the question this way. I think there's hmm. only six teams in the Pacific time zone, so you got a good chance of getting at least one or so of these right. Is this the same Bobby Valentin that like became a coach don't, for the Red Sox? Don't, 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 don't. I'm not asking <laughs> you about his managerial career. I'm asking you about his playing career. <laughs> don't give information to the other kid. <laughs> All right. Let's go with the San Francisco Giants. Go with just the Giants? Do you want to make more get? Now, here's an opportunity. We're getting a little later in the game. If you guessed four and one of them was wrong, yes, your inning would end, but you'd still have scored three runs, which might oh. be strategy here. How many, how many more? Uh, how many, what question number is this? How many have left? This is question number eight, and it is question number eight. Yeah, so, you, you uh, might, you might try. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't go for all four, but you might push it a little bit if you think you got something there. But it really is you don't want to make an out. So I think all your big ones are are, are used up, right? That you got your triple yeah. left. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Yeah, he's right. So maybe guess a couple then. Maybe. I think it's worth it. I, I don't want to push you into making out. The number one rule is you don't want to make an out. But, Wait, hold on. So far, you're the only person who's on this team who hasn't pressed David to make out. <laughs> so you're sitting there with, uh, like I said, specific kind David of David and I, we may we may have once made out, maybe, maybe not. We like to keep a little mystery <laughs> with the whole thing. Go David on. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and uh, make a few more guesses then because, okay. I mean, truthfully, if I guess four, I get two. I still get two more runs. So correct. with the bases loaded, I think it's a good strategy. Um, so I will also go for uh, the Seattle Mariners, the uh, Oakland Athletics, and the... Uh, Oh, there's got to be another big one over there, right? The uh... three more teams that I can think of. Two and well, two I can think of one, teams. but I just I don't I don't think that's missing one of them. Probably You're the missing what I would think is like the biggest. You're missing the biggest city West in the Coast time team. Zone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Angels of um, Anaheim. I believe they were the Los Angeles they were Los, Angels. They, they were the California <laughs> Angels if he, if he had actually played for them in that Oh, place. yeah, the California. But they played. All the, right. So you're going with the Giants, the Mariners, the A's, and the Angels. Wow. Here's yeah. the windup. Here's the pitch. Line drive deep into left field. This one is going to get down. Runner scores easily from third. Runners coming in from second base. They are waving the runner in from third. Center fielder has the ball. Here's the relay. Shortstop has the ball. Here's the throw. Here's the play at the plate. He is out. Out at the plate. Two runs score. It's three to nothing. But uh, he got two of those answers correct. He played for the Dodgers. That was what I was thinking. There's the Padres the are left. Angels, the Padres, and the <laughs> Mariners. I thought there was no way he played for the Padres because he played for the Padres. For uh, well, I should have known. Can, we, can you tell known. us what the other team was? I was thinking it was the Expos, but I don't want to answer the other question. Uh, I can't tell you. What the other team was. I cannot. Okay. <laughs> All right. You did manage to get three runs, so you did not do the worst that anyone has done at this game. So congratulations for that. Here are the questions you did not get asked. Uh, let's go to number 10, Tracy. Number 10. What is the name of the current king of Thailand? Check your notes, David. Oh, oh one. something the 10th. <laughs> Malcolm the Tenth. The, 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 like, Rama the connection buzzed out a little, and I heard you say the Tenth, and that he replaced his father in 2016, I think. Um, yeah, you know what? Those us. are good notes. Eric, do you know the name? Nope. I also did not record <laughs> that name. <laughs> it is Rama the Tenth. Rama. Rama. I knew it was something so simple, too. All right, and uh, Tracy... and the other one was yeah. Question number four was not asked or rolled on the dice, and that is what artist had two hits in the top five on the Billboard's Hot 100 in 1997 with "I'll Be Missing You" and 
can nobody hold me down. Can't nobody hold me down. Rick asked me. <laughs> missing you was um, John Wheat. Right? No. No, not that. Well, missing. that was missing you, but this is I'll be missing you from 1997. Oh, oh, that John was, Wayne, I'll be 80s. Oh, the 1997 is. I ain't missing you at all. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, from the album No Breaks, which did not have a song called No Breaks, he released the song No Breaks on his next album. Makes sense. True story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know <laughs> the answer Daddy. here, David? It is Puff, Puff Daddy. Yeah, absolutely right. All right, but you got three runs. That one. But we're gonna it, come back. Even with if you bottom... got that one right, you still wouldn't have scored any more runs, so it worked out fine. Right. <laughs> we're gonna come back with the bottom of the ninth inning with Seattle strikes back down three to nothing here on Breaking Balls Trivia with the Five Minute Professor. This is Breaking Balls Trivia with the Five Minute Professor and produced in association with the Lenny Melnick FantasySports.com network. Here at Breaking Balls Trivia, we are always looking for sponsors. Now, it's not that we want to make a lot of money, although wouldn't that be nice? But we want to be able to give out some awards to our participants. Now, cash works. Gift cards are great. But if you have a product that is shipped easily, that works too. It's an affordable way to advertise your business. For more details, contact Doug on Twitter at Urban Baboon or via email at Urban Baboon at gmail.com drop us a line tell us what you think about the show we'd love to hear from you now let's get back to the game this is breaking balls trivia with the five minute professor we are here in the bottom of the ninth inning in your endo leading three to nothing over seattle strikes back but seattle has one more set of at-bats to go david what will be the first pitch here in the bottom of the ninth inning as you try and close the door? I'm going with big lucky number three. Ooh, lucky number three. Oh, yeah. For a single. Pap smears are named for what? A person, a disease, or a cell type? I am going to say... A disease. Before you Here, stop, before, before you stop, this is a one in three answer. Um, it's good because Bill, will, the press will just go right through this to say that if you wanted, if you got it wrong, that you'd want to file this off. Because if you were wrong, and I'm not saying you are wrong, I don't actually. Well, I sort of know because I know what I'd guess. <laughs> but your second guess would be a one in two chance. And so it might be worthwhile to think about the foul ball if you should be wrong, but you have to give okay. him the clue. You have to give him the clue or else he'll just make you out and run, run right over this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So if, if I'm wrong, although I do think that I'm not, I would use my, my foul on this one. Yeah. And if you're right, it, your foul doesn't get used. You can use it later. So there's no harm in doing this. This is good strategy. Not that you need yep. it. You only scored three runs. All right. <laughs> so you're saying a disease? Yes. Here's the windup. Here's the pitch. And he squares the bunt, a leadoff bunt here in the bottom of the ninth inning. And it is going to roll foul. This, this is a foul <laughs> bunt on the first pitch of the bottom of the ninth. I just made my salary. <laughs> <laughs> 
My salary, by the way, is nothing. It's the same we pay everybody. <laughs> all right. So now where do we go? Uh, all right. Our name for a person or a cell type. Um, you were probably thinking it was named for the Papilloma virus. That was my thought. Which but is uh, a virus, vi- not a disease. Correct. And not even what they're testing for. It causes mm. what they're testing for. Uh, so in that case, I would guess um, cell then, because a person would not cause what they're testing for, right? I'm sorry. Name, named after a, uh, a the the cell. All right, so named after the cell. Yes. Here's the windup. Here's the pitch. He squares oh. around again to bunt. He lays it down. Catcher's up. Has it beats him handily to first base for the very first time in the history of this game. The leadoff batters have gotten out in both the top and the bottom of the ninth inning. It it turns out a lot of parts of female anatomy are actually named after people. A lot of parts of everybody's anatomy all over the place are named after people. It's well, the, the pap is not a part of the anatomy, incidentally. Yeah, that's, that's a test of the anatomy. <laughs> this is a test uh, of the anatomy. smear is named for Greek doctor Papa Nikolai, born, uh, probably Papa Nikolai. He was, uh, he was Webster's dad in a TV show, right? Nikolai. <laughs> Dr. Papa Nikolai, born May 13th, 1883, and the... The pap smear was named Dr. Pap's Smear uh, for <laughs> Dr. Papanicolai. Congratulations. They're good first pitch, and he's squaring up. He's one of those leadoff guys who sometimes he'll slap it into the opposite field. This time he tries laying down a bunt, fools us once, second time. That's impressive. Shame on you. Hey, there's three possible guesses, and he got him wrong twice. That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we go next, David? Uh, Let's hit up uh, number eight. Question number eight for another single. Bobby Valentine was a manager for over 2,400 MLB games, but only had a winning record with which NL East team? That would be uh, the Boston Red Sox. Can you hear the question one more time? NL East. Yeah, yeah, yes. and, yeah, the Bobby Valentine Valentine was a manager for over 2,400 MLB games, but only had a winning record with which NL East team? And when he when he was the manager for the Red Sox, they had their worst season in 47 years. That's right. <laughs> um... Which is not a winning record, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, NL East. Uh, the Nationals? Here's the wind-up. Oh, sorry. Did you want to... I was just... The, the time frame, you know, there really yeah. wasn't a Nationals. If you're going to answer that, you should answer with a different name of the same team. I, I you know, I'm going to actually take this uh, pitch because I will on, be honest, I don't know a lot about baseball. Here's the wind-up. Here's the pitch. Back does not come up the shoulder it's 0 and 1 there's nobody out there's nobody on excuse me there's one out there's nobody on 
and they're down three to nothing. He takes that pitch. Would you have given him it? What? Well, I was, if the answer was the Expos, would you have given him the Nationals? That's what nope. I'm trying to. Yeah, that's why I was. No, I would not. It's also not the Expos. <laughs> I thought it was the Mets. It's the Mets. It yeah. is the Mets. Mm-hmm. He had a winning record for the Mets, and he he managed them for over four seasons. I couldn't remember because I did think I was like, oh, it's probably the other New York team, but I couldn't remember who the non-Yankee New York team was. <laughs> All right, so here's the thing. In New York, and we'll say New York in quotation marks, there's the Nets, the Jets, and the Mets. And, Beckham, and they the, purposefully rhyme. And Beckham, they, had, well, they had team tennis in the 70s. There was the Sets, the fourth team yeah. in that grouping. Mm-hmm. All but, right. I love that. Fact. The Mets are forgetful. <laughs> it's one of those things. All right. David, uh, this is going as well as you could have possibly hoped. You're, you may win this 3 nothing. Where do we go next? Uh, let's go ahead and say uh, number one. Oh, okay. Question number one for a double. Who was the one-term president of the United States when the U.S. declared war on Mexico in 1846 and which slightly more than one term president voted against it in Congress? Tricky question. Who Um, was the one term president of the U.S. when the U.S. declared war on Mexico in 1846 and which slightly more than one term president voted against it in Congress? You can answer one or both of these. You feeling comfortable on this one? You confident? I I feel confident on the... um, the slightly more than yeah, one-term president. I was going to point that as a weird phrase. Yep. That one I do feel confident on um, being Abraham Lincoln. Um, like you're, trying you, to this see is your first can... base runner. You don't need to push this unless you feel really good about it. Yeah, that's. A, I'm trying to think if I do feel good. I used to be really good at the presidents, but this is the fuzzy part. It's the pre-Lincoln. Um, I think I'm really good at presidents. I'd have trouble nailing this one down. Yeah, I, I'm going to stick with just Abraham Lincoln being the congressman that voted against it. All right, now, you're not using your clue. You've said this. There's no penalty. I'm going to tell you something. My children are all familiar with this president because of an obscure song. Oh, of course it's that song. <laughs> of course it's, it's uh, James K. Polk. <laughs> Here's the windup. Here's the pitch. Line drive into right field. Runner's going to come around first, and the throw is behind him. He's going to scoot over the throw to second and gets away. There's a runner on second base and one out. Unbelievably, it is James K. Polk. Napoleon of the stump. I want to hear the song. <laughs> they might be giants. Yeah, they might be giants. Oh, I thought it was like a kids, like a song you sang when they were kids, like when you guys were kids, and he sang it, and it was to learn to the be, presidents. To be fair, some they might be giant songs are children's songs, but not this <laughs> one. Ah, maybe. Yeah, I, I, interesting. Yeah, I honestly thought it was probably some song Bill had come up with so that he could help memorize all the presidents, vice presidents, and the years they served. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Wrong. I, I'm glad you got the slightly more than one-term president uh, who voted against it because uh, you don't get much more slightly more than one term than Abraham Lincoln. Yep. <laughs> yep. If it was uh, slightly 
kind of one term, uh, it would be McKinley. Not yes. McKinley. Uh, uh, well, McKinley was one plus. McKinley would also, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is slightly more than one term president who voted against it was Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln voted against it uh, mainly because it was being fought over slavery. Yep. Like the Texian Revolution. All right. Uh, where do we go next, David? Oh, good. Let's do a, a 10. One, one side to the other. Very nice. Question number 10 for a single. Bangkok translates to what in English? If you took notes, you will know this. Bangkok translates to what in English? Translates to city by the stream. Here's the windup. Here's the pitch. <laughs> Sharply hit ground ball through the left side of the infield. Shortstop over, knocks it down, but can't come up with it. Runner is going to stay at second base. The runner's on first and second. There's one out. Oof. The tying run has come to the plate. It is, in fact, city on or city by the stream. Nicely done. Good note-taking, Eric. For those of you, for those of you who have listened to more than one episode of this show, something you're probably noticing is because I know what question I ask later, I always repeat the fact. I always say it. I come away from it. And I say it again to make sure it's absolutely clear what the answer is. I always say the the answers that I take from the lecture are always repeated. Is this one. like when we found out that um, on the uh, that one game show where he was touching the corner of the card to give the answer? That was um, twenty one. We find out, yeah, uh, you're twenty oneing. This is your your how you cheat. No, we, we, we do it the the way that they decided afterwards. Like, we give you every opportunity to get the answer right, and we make it... That's how it is. You know, that's that's the thing. It's like, people want to hear you get the right answer. You guys disappoint them all day long here, but they want to hear the right answer. <laughs> we just try to make that happen for you guys by giving you five different ways of falling the ball off or whatever, and, you know. But, hey, that's it. I feel like not, I not... underlined crung theft because you said it 30 times, and that was not a thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, let's do uh, number five. Question number five for a triple. And I think you're going to know this, Eric. Okay. Max, Matt Skiba and Alkaline Trio made three cover songs between 2001 and 2004. Where were the songs from? A band or a show? Matt Skiba Matt and Alkaline Trio made three cover songs between 2001 and 2004. Where were the songs from? Band or show? You see, this is um, the, uh, the clarifying question about it, though. Because they've definitely yeah. released a lot more cover songs than that. Fact, so I here's what I'm going to do. Rarities album, so I know what a lot of those are. So here's what yeah. we're doing. Um, you need to tell me the band or the show the songs are from. I'm going to give you the songs. Okay. That you need to tell me where the sense. original material is. Yeah. Uh, number one, over at the Frankenstein place. Uh, number that is two, a show from Rocky Horror. Number two, Heaven. And number three, The Metro. Uh, the Metro is from a band. I, I um, didn't know the band. 
Oh, you need to know the band specifically. That is Rocky Horror. Rocky, uh, so you said uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show for over at the Frankenstein place. The other two are Heaven no, he, he and said, the Metro. He said Rocky Horror. Just the Rocky me. Horror Picture Show. Same thing. Well, Doug. If you're going to be very, very specific, <laughs> it is not from the character Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just uh, professor in my in my in past things he's been very specific about things, and there has never been a musical called the Rock Horror Picture Show. They really have. Okay. Hmm. What's it called? Well, that, that's the answer to the question. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's missing it's, one it's, word. Oh, okay. It's but you're specific the about things. Rocky that's, Horror that's, Picture Show. I don't want him to get messed up on that stuff. Okay. Okay. So. Um, I'm going to stick with just that. I know the song, but I cannot remember the band name that it's a cover of. I, I think I know the Metro one. All right. Here's the wind up. Here's the pitch. Line drive into right field. One hop to the right fielder. He's going to throw the ball right to the plate. What a throw. They weren't even challenging, and that ball skips right down to the plate on one hop. David, do you know the songs that they covered Heaven and the Metro? Do you know either one of the bands? Uh, well, I I don't know for certain, but I know Brian oh, okay. Adams has a song called Heaven. I would have guessed that for Brian Adams for Heaven. I would have guessed that one. It is not Brian Adams. Was oh, the Metro by Berlin? That was like their first song. The Metro is by Berlin. And the heaven is the psychedelic furs heaven. Oh, yeah. Oh. But you played it well. The bases are loaded. The tying run is on first base. The winning run is at the plate. You still have five batters to go to try and get them home. There's one out. It's still three to nothing, though. Where do we go next, David? Let's go four. Question number four for a single. What artist was number one in 1997 on the Billboard 100 with a release of their earlier hit with new lyrics about England's Rose? Uh. What artist was number one in 1997 on the Billboard 100 with a release of their earlier hit with new lyrics about England's Rose? Oh, um, so you're looking for the musician? Yes. yes. Uh, that is going to be Elton John. Here's the windup. Here's the pitch. Short pop fly behind second base. Nobody's going to be able to get there. Runner's going to scoot home from third base. They're going to toss the ball over to second, but the runner is in in time. The bases are loaded. It's now three to one, and the winning run is on base. It is Elton John. I would have also accepted Bernie Taupin since it was his lyrics, and I mentioned the lyrics. Um, I probably would not have gotten that one, so it's a good thing you uh, did not word the question that way. <laughs> I, it is one of my one of my favorite facts that I just know is that Bernie Taupin writes the lyrics of all the songs that Elton John sings, and Elton John writes the music. Mm. So Bernie Taupin writes the words, Elton John writes the music, and then Elton John sings it. So when he's singing, I'm sitting on the roof, uh, kicking at the moss, and a few of the verses have got me quite cross. Elton is actually thinking in his head, like this one, Bernie. 
like this one. This is stupid, Bernie. <laughs> All right. Um, where do we go next? You are in dire straits here. Uh, Let's dire, go number two. not any of the answers. Question number two for a double. Peter Dinklage has won what two awards a total of five times for Best Supporting Actor for his role on Game of Thrones? Peter Dinklage has won what two awards a total of five times for Best Supporting Actor for his role on Game of Thrones? So you're looking for the specific award ceremony then? Uh, We'll call it the award ceremony. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. That I'm, that's just how I'm differentiating it, as yeah. opposed to saying, like, the award for Best Supporting Actor. Correct. Correct. Which is how I would normally think of the... Um, so I'm going to assume... Or I'm, I know he's won an Emmy. And I'm going to keep it at that, because I don't know if he's won um, an Oscar. So I'm just going to stick with the Emmy. Yeah. Good plan. Here's the wind-up. Here's the pitch. Sharply hit ground ball right down the line at first base. The runner scores easily from from third. Comes around the corner but goes back. Right, That right fielder has a cannon and was charging on that to hold the runners. It is now 3-2. to 3-2. Two. To two. The winning run is on second base in scoring position. There's one out. There are still three pitches to go david do you know the other award that he won i i don't i would say like mtv or something (laughs) so he won one primetime emmy for best actor and four golden globes ah it's the golden globes where he's really cleaned up all right where do we go next you need a stopper here let's do number six question number yes for a single Richie Valens died in a plane crash February of 1959. What song was released in 1971 about that plane crash? Um, The Day the Music Died. So your answer is? Um, American Pie. American Pie is the name of the song. Here's the wind-up. Here's the pitch. Well, third baseman has it. No, he he boots it, this ball. Oh, my goodness. The runners were moving on that ground ball in the infield. The run scores on an error by the third baseman. I feel like you've had a lot of fielding errors on my team. (laughs) Well, it's poor coaching. He almost almost booted that that answer because I could not have accepted the day the music died. But Which, John McClain's American Pie, I can accept. It is three to three. The winning run is at third base, and there are two questions to go. You have two chances to get this runner home from third. David, where do we go? Uh, what do I have left? Seven and eight. Seven and nine, I believe. Seven and nine. All right, let's do. Uh, let's do seven. Let's do seven. Seven is for the home run. Harvey Keitel has appeared in which four films by Quentin Tarantino? See, no, how did I got I know. <laughs> no, I knew it. I knew it. I said he's going to be mad. You, you, Harvey you Keitel. Only, you only have one out and there's a bunch of runners on. Yep. He knows uh, you might want to try all four and you could, you could win the game. 
just a thought. You don't know what that, that last one is probably just a base hit. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, at this point, it really doesn't matter um, if I lose now, as long as I get one of them in. Yep. The here's the real issue, and here's the uh, the the real thing. These are going to be pretty much complete guesses because I don't know who Harvey Keitel is. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, you know who Quentin Tarantino is. I know Quentin Tarantino Wait a movies. Have that's you seen why, the like, two Jakes? I've got pretty good chances with it. I yeah. just wanted it to be understood. <laughs> we'll tell you which character he was afterwards, after your guesses, so you'll go, oh, that's the guy. Um, have, have I'm you seen the two sure... Jakes? He's the other Jake. So because of that, be, because I'm thinking of, like, who would be someone that you would put against Jack Nicholson as a Jake, I'm going to think that he's the wolf in Pulp Fiction. I think you're right. Um, and then that means that he was also in Reservoir Dogs um, because it's the same actor. Um, what other ones would he have been in? Uh, then probably Kill Bill probably Volume. Just... You know the truth. I've never probably... seen it. I've never seen the Kill Bill movies. But there's two movies there. If you name one, wouldn't he have to be in the other one? Um, hypothetically, and I am going to say volumes one and two, um, mostly I don't, I don't because think I it's can't like, think of him in any of the other ones. Cool. It's like, yeah, you probably want to space out the possibility of being wrong by naming a non-Kill Bill movie in case it's wrong. Because if it's wrong, you're wrong twice. You see what I'm saying? But Yeah. But if you think but you're right, time, the I'm... only way to be right is to get them both. Yes. Yep, that's true. <laughs> yep. So I am gonna because I can't remember him in any of the later movies. So I don't remember him. Didn't, didn't in... he have a movie out just a little while ago that had like nine lead actors or something? There's one of the uh, Hateful Eight. Right. But I don't think he was any of those. Hmm. I didn't see it, mind you, but I would assume that he likes the guy. He's got eight spots to fill. You know, yeah. I don't think he was any of those. Um, and I don't remember him being in... Um, in Django, oh. either. Um, so, I'm going... I'm going to stick with the two okay. Kill Bills. Okay. Here's the wind-up. Here's the pitch. Line drive! The run scores. One runs in. A second run is in. And the game is over. The game is over. Five to three. Uh, the ball's thrown back in. The runners hold up on uh, third base. Here's the toss over to second. It, it doesn't matter now. The runner's off the bag, but he's called out at second base. Uh, he was in Pulp Fiction. He was the wolf. He was Mr. White in Reservoir Dogs. He yep. was in the other two. David, do you know what the other two were? Jackie Brown. Somebody else played that character in Jackie Brown. There's a different guy that looks like Harvey Keitel. He played the uh, Bill Bondsman, but it wasn't Harvey Keitel. That is correct. It was not Harvey Keitel. Uh, but that was, uh, um, but that was the Harvey uh, Keitel role. De Niro, role. right? De Niro was the guy who got out of prison in that movie. 
the guy that was uh, Jackie Brown's the the, the pearl the bail bondsman that was the Kaitel character, but it was someone else. I don't remember who it was, but it was someone else. Some guy from a All 60s right. TV show. Are we counting From Dust Till Dawn as a Tarantino movie? Yes, I am. Really? Yes. Oh, that's, that's a Tarantino Rodriguez movie, and he's definitely in that. Yep. I, I have not seen that one, so yeah, I would actually, not need to. Yeah, I, that's actually the best of the movies. But I'm a big horror movie fan. That is the best of his movies, I think. Mm. But it is a horror movie. And if they could have gotten someone attractive to replace Selma Hayek, that would have been worthwhile. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've never really referred to that as a Tarantino film. I think you forget the situation film. I'm in. Because he acted in it and he executive produced it, but he really wasn't the director. Although he, he, he executive produced it, which means it's a Quentin Tarantino film. Well, I mean, executive produced is something and, that they, they, and he wrote it with Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, like they wrote it together. But still not directing it. It's like the executive produced is something that they give you if you help out a little bit. Now I'm sure that Tarantino's more hands on than that. But like literally, like Steve Bannon was an executive producer on Billy Madison because he got some money for them. <laughs> Like you go through that list of executive producers, like you're not doing an awful lot in most cases. You know, Harvey the other answer in uh, Reservoir Dogs. The other answer here is Inglorious Bastards. Oh, okay. He was in that. Oh. Who was yeah. he in that one? Was he one of the? He was the, the commander of the Allied forces. Oh, okay. Yes. Yep. And he was not in the Hateful Eight, but he was in the Ridiculous Six. Yep. Adam film. That's yeah. an Adam Sandler movie, probably <laughs> produced by that guy you just said. <laughs> <laughs> and the last question, the one you didn't get, congratulations, by the way, uh, Eric, for winning uh, a 5-3 win. That was substantial. The last question was the Dennis Rodman question. Dennis Rodman won five. Uh, Tracy, what is the Dennis, Dennis Rodman question? Thank you, Bill. Dennis Rodman right. won five NBA championships with which two teams between 1989 and 1998? It's literally the, uh, the, the biggest sporting event well, going on right now is the documentary about three of these. Yes. The Bulls and other base basketball teams. I, I, I always like... I always like if you're if you're a fan of this other team, right? Which is called the Pistons. Then you can you can have like piston pants, piston shirts, <laughs> you know, piston shoes. You can get all the piston stuff. <laughs> well, that is the end of our game. Uh, congratulations, Eric! You managed to pull out a victory here in a tough contest. Uh, it is the boys. first time I've been able to pull out. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh gosh you keevans are all alike by the way eric i'm your father and <laughs> this is not the worst thing i've ever said <laughs> <laughs> and never mind i'm not going to say what i could have done 30 years ago <laughs> good game eric good game <laughs> Uh, Doug, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Uh, you know, this week I'm actually I'm actually doing my show and I'm actually a little excited about it because I'm actually going to talk about in my baseball show Michael Jordan, the baseball player, based on the documentary. But I'm at Urban Baboon on Twitter and uh, Urban Baboon at Gmail if you want to write a longer thing. And to clarify the thing I said earlier, the musical was the Rocky Horror Show. The, the movie was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I thought you'd be specific about that. But ah. I, you know. Because I met my first wife at the Rocky Horror Show. 
Ah, I gotcha. Bad this is the fence. same one whose friend you wanted to sleep with. Right. Uh, yeah, it was that more. one. It was that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's all falling into place okay. now. David, you took more Columbia. notes than necessary. Uh, <laughs> Tracy, how can people get in touch with you? People can find me on Facebook at my name, Tracy Perry. Um, yeah, that's how they can find me. And this week they can find me, I think this week they can find me watching videos um, of how to cut kids' hair. Because I'm going to learn. I am going to master this. I am going to. It can't be to. that tough. I heard there was some it service on. It actually is. I heard there was and some you know, service on Facebook Live where like you could pay some hair cutter like 12 bucks to watch you cut someone's hair and give you pointers while you're doing it. No, I don't want to do that. I like to discover it on my own. I, and this I, is a little side kind of, note. Side note, um, Eric, I don't know if you knew this, but your mother cut my hair and gave me a perm in, I think, 1985 before I even met your father, which is very That's around the kind time of... I remember Bill having a perm. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. We could have that been there together. Right. Yeah, no, so I thought that was kind of funny that your mom gave me a perm, and here we are. That's just crazy. That sounds a lot yeah. dirtier than you mean it to, Tracy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Eric, your mom gave me a perm. Wink. <laughs> that is not, yes, that is not a euphemism. <laughs> in your well, endo. Yes, in your endo. Well, yes. That's it. That's it. Uh, Eric, congratulations. <laughs> is there anything you want to plug? Uh, you can find my poetry, actually, on Instagram at wonders of keevan um all one word uh keevan is k-e-e-v like vitamin a-n um so you can see all of my poetry uh, i've been updating some of my other writing projects on there as well i'm currently working on a screenplay which doesn't really work for instagram um but you can see my other shorter stuff right there and david where can people find your shorter stuff <laughs> On the internet. Uh, but also, <laughs> I'm at Pornhub at... Uh, uh, <laughs> they do have user IDs on there, I think. I've read somewhere. Yeah, you can search by star. Uh, I'm at... so, no, because it's, there, there's a feature on there where like, if, if somebody like wanted to go on and say, like, I want to use the same stuff David Keevan's using, you go to David Keevan's user profile and see what he recommends. You seem to know Don't a lot about that. this. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I, 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 re I recommend read about dating it blind a... women. They laugh less. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm at Instagram at Brewery Buddy. Uh, so feel free to follow me there. I'm doing a lot of walking right now. <laughs> In just a minute, David's going to be singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. I am the 5-Minute Professor. You can find me on Facebook at 5-Minute Professor. You can find me at YouTube at 5-Minute Professor. And you can hear my other podcast, which is The Hijack, which we record on Friday mornings. I'm also on The World of Boating. And uh, just find me somewhere. Let me know what you're doing. I am available for private functions. This week, I'm doing something with Tracy's work, where we're hosting uh, trivia. Uh, if I do it for you, though, she'll pester me until you pay. Uh, so <laughs> Somebody has to do it. The manager yeah. has to do it. Yeah. Is somebody pestering your employer? Let's get well, on. This is, I work for a nonprofit. This is a pro bono thing. <laughs> David, pro bono. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can oh. thank you for being good sports about it and to debunk the myth that if you're really bad at this, the game will be shorter. 
right, David, are you ready to sing for us? No, but I will. Okay. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the fans. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. I don't care if I ever go back. So let's root, root, root for the home team. That's all, that's all I know. I if spent the whole time I was supposed shame. to be researching that, reading about how it's a feminist anthem. One, two, three <laughs> strikes, you're out at the old yeah, the guy who all the verses are actually about a girl named Katie who's going to the ball game, um, which really pushed stereotypes back then because she was all into it. Um, and so it's about a woman and the guy who uh, wrote the song was dating uh, like a, a, a woman's a liberation. Suffragette? Yeah, a suffragette. <laughs> well, there's you always learn something. Maybe that'll be the next lecture here on Breaking Balls <laughs> Trivia with the five-minute professor. Until then, I beg of you, perceptum, quispium, damnitium, learn something, damn it. <laughs>